on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. Today on the Indo Daily, we go behind the tweets, trends, and talk to ask who is the real Elon Musk? Tonight, the world's richest man, Elon Musk, is set to control one of the most influential social media platforms, and both lawmakers and Wall Street are waiting to see what happens Elon next. Elon Musk has agreed a deal to buy Twitter for $44 billion. Uh, Twitter and Elon Musk have agreed to a deal where Elon Musk will buy Twitter for $54.20 a share in cash. He was Time Magazine's Person of the Year in 2021, and now he's taking over Twitter. He's our Edison. This is our Thomas Edison. This is our Da Vinci of our generation. Never shy from courting controversy, sometimes his public persona has left a bad smell with his shareholders. So is that a joint? Or is it a cigar? It's um, marijuana inside of a tobacco. Okay. You ever had that? Yeah, I think I tried one once. Come on, man. Couple that with his recent admission on Saturday Night Live. I'm actually making history tonight as the first person with Asperger's to host SNL. He's the world's richest man, but is he happy? It's not as much fun being me as you'd think. I'm not sure I'm not sure I want to be me. I'm Fiona Sheen, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Adrian Weckler, technology editor of the Irish and Sunday Independent, and John Marr, features writer at the Irish Independent. John, Elon Musk, who is he? Where is he from? He is from Pretoria in South Africa. He was born in June 1971, and he has South African, Canadian, and US citizenship. He grew up in extraordinary wealth. Uh, they had huge money. His mother, May, was a model. His father, Earl, an electromechanical engineer. His granddad used to fly the family around in a private plane. Um, they were spectacularly wealthy, but not necessarily happy. The parents divorced when he was nine. He subsequently lived with his father for a couple of years, uh, a decision he later regretted. Uh, he's estranged from his father and has described him as, quote, a terrible human being. Um, his entrepreneurial acumen was revealed very early on. He had a fascination with computing and video games, uh, having been introduced to a Commodore 8-bit home computer when he was 10. He learned computer programming and sold uh, a basic code while still a teen. Uh, But he himself didn't have the happiest of school lives. He was relentlessly bullied and was once hospitalised after being flung down a flight of stairs by some of his classmates. It was very violent. It was not a happy childhood. 
My father has serious issues. And when asked about being bullied in school... I was almost beaten to death, if you call that bullied. So he had a rough innings, uh, despite the extraordinary wealth and privilege that was there. And at the same time, then, he's kind of dreaming of America is firmly in v his mind. Very much so. But he's a very clever guy because he realizes that his mother is Canadian born. Can, uh, a Canadian passport gives access to so much of the world. So he applies for a Canadian passport. He's always thinking of the US, of course. And he studies in Ottawa before transfer, for, for transferring to university in the US. Uh, where he uh, achieves degrees in arts and science. And, you know, he's a spectacularly bright individual. He uh, has no problem getting into Stanford University, but he drops out really early on because this is the mid-90s and he sees that there is a tech boom about to happen, an effective gold rush. So he's in California, which is the kind of perfect environment for all that to happen. And he is at the heart of it. And, you know, uh, in 1995, he's still only 24. With his brother, Kimball, he founds his first company called Zip2, effectively an internet city guide uh, for which he thought would work for, for newspapers because newspapers, of course, were dipping their toes into the internet for the first time. Uh, Compaq thought it was a great idea because four years later, they gave him $300 million for it. So uh, it's kind of a... It's a it's a riches to riches tale. It is one would have it, to say. It, it, it is it, it it is. But there's also that extraordinary ability to generate money to come up with new ideas and a fearlessness when it comes to business and risk taking that's been there from the start. And also a workaholic. Sleeping in the factory. Uh, worked every from the I worked in the worked in the paint shop, general assembly, body shop. You ever worry about yourself imploding? Like it's just yeah, too yeah. much? Absolutely. No one should put this many hours into work. This is not good. And people should not work this hard. I'm not, they should not do this. This is too, it's very painful. Painful in what sense? It's, it, hurts my, it hurts my brain and my heart. Some of the research that I read on him suggests that as a kid, he was stuck in computers relentlessly, trying to. Uh, you know, there was a, in the 80s, there was a lot of kind of manual uh, coding books that you could get. And, you know, he just lived in them, trying to w effectively get the, the keys to the kingdom. Um, and not, not just a workaholic, but expecting other people to be relentlessly hard workers, too. And there are all kinds of reports about his rather unique managerial style. He's a he's a tough customer. Um a Business Insider magazine in the US said that he was fond on going on firing rampages. And we see a little bit of that in the way he uses his Twitter account. 80 million followers would see that he's a, quite a confrontational figure. Adrian, talk us through that early stage of, of his career where he is coming up with these ideas and concepts that John was referring to. Yeah, well, as John mentioned, he started this company, a web software company, Zip2, with his brother Kimball in the 90s, bought for 300 million uh, in 1999 by Compaq. He then saw an opportunity in banking and finance, and he founded this online bank called x.com, which later merged in the year 2000 to form PayPal. So he was one of the original uh, founders behind uh, PayPal. I could really sort of wax on about the nature of money for hours because I played a significant role in creating uh, PayPal. Right. Um, 
And so my understanding of the, the money system at a fundamental level of how it actually works, the detailed mechanics of it, is I think there's, there are very few people that understand it better than me. And that was bought by eBay in, I think it was 2002 for 1.5 billion. So at this point, he now has several hundred million dollars of cash. And what's he going to do next? Space, the final frontier. That's what he thinks in his own head. And he starts this company called SpaceX. He was on a plane to Russia. He was trying to negotiate with the Russians for rockets to send stuff up into space. And they wouldn't sell him a rocket. So he decided, do you know what? To hell with these guys. And on a laptop on the plane on the way home, he, uh, he said to the guys with him, we can build this ourselves. And from there, SpaceX was actually born. Um, that came before Tesla. Tesla was actually founded around the same time as SpaceX, but he, Musk wasn't one of the founders. It's a bit of a myth about Elon Musk and Tesla. He bought into Tesla a year after it was founded in, I think it was 2004, became the biggest shareholder and subsequently became the CEO of Tesla. Now, the vision he had for Tesla was the same as for sending space rockets uh, uh, up to Mars and uh, as commercial carriers, that this is inevitable and he was going to make it happen. Electric cars, don't forget, at that time were really a science fiction dream. They were possible, the Clive Sinclair with his little runarounds in the 80s, but nobody thought that they could you know, travel more than 100 or 200 miles. He thought they could. Um, John has alluded to the uh, the work ethic and uh, Musk being a hard boss. Musk is famous for sleeping on the floor of the Tesla factory for years, trying to get this thing uh, off the ground. Don't forget, Tesla almost went bust many times. It's just reported quarterly earnings. It's now the biggest electronic uh, electric car uh, company in the world. It's the most valuable car company in the world now. It's a trillion dollar company. So he's done it. He's cracked it. Um, there are other ideas that he has. He has. He's not finished with uh, with Tesla or a Spacelink, which we can get into if you want. One is a, a brain interface company. The other is a, a called Neuralink. Another is a company called the Boring Company, which is designed to build tunnels for you know cars to go in a vacuum. Um, but that's the main that's the main gist behind what he's doing at the moment. Is it fair to say SpaceX is the most innovative company he's come up with in that Tesla you would say well he effectively borrowed the idea from someone else? Yes, it, in, as in it wasn't his idea. Um SpaceX is incredible in if you think about what he has done. He has taken on NASA and the other state sponsored uh, space uh, rocket companies and has now become the biggest commercial uh, space delivery uh, company in the world. There are about 2,000 um, Starlink satellites uh, in near orbit as well, which uh, provide broadband uh, for people. But if you've ever seen a video of one of his Falcon rockets taking off, flying into space, coming back and landing vertically, like something from the Jetsons cartoon from the, the 50s or 60s, it's Actually, an incredible achievement. And I think this is one of the reasons that Musk has the following and the fascination that he does for all of his flaws. And there are many and we can talk about them and people are talking about them at the moment with his ideas for Twitter. But for all of his flaws, he kind of is the ultimate doer. He's he's the ultimate believer in what's possible. He sets out an idea that sounds ridiculous. He's torn down for it and he goes and he does it anyway. It's a very rare and fascinating thing. And I think SpaceX is probably the best example of that. I mean, you're building freaking rockets, you know, you're sending them up, they're landing uh, vertically. He says he's going to get to Mars with them. 
like everybody else, I don't really believe it. But his track record would suggest that maybe he'll do it. John, he's no stranger to controversy. Is that a fair assessment of him? So is that a joint? Or is it a cigar? It's um, marijuana inside of a tobacco. Okay. So it's like posh pot, tobacco yeah. posh. You never had that? Yeah, I think I tried one once. Come on, man. <laughs> you probably can't because stockholders, right? I mean, it's legal, right? It's totally legal. Okay. How does that work? Do people get upset at you if you do certain things? That is eminently fair. I mean, the New York Times this week describes him as a man who uses the platform, that's Twitter, to slime his critics, body shame people, defy securities laws and relentlessly hawk cryptocurrencies. He has had innumerable controversies. I mean, he has made some inflammatory comments about vaccines, uh, about politics. Uh, he loves confrontation. And we saw that in a really bizarre situation in 2018. People will remember the Thai cave rescue mission. All these school kids were trapped. And Elon Musk had this idea that he would have this small submarine type machine built to help with the mission, which he did in extraordinary, extraordinarily quick time and had it personally delivered to Thailand. But one of the people who rescued the children, uh, a British cave diver, uh, scoffed at Musk's uh, sort of intervention and said it was just a publicity stunt. And Musk got very nasty and tweeted uh comments that this particular guy was pedo guy and unsurprisingly uh he was sued for defamation uh to the tune of 190 million dollars but musk won uh the the the, the case uh, on the basis of the fact that pedo guy means something very different in south african slang it's just a term to describe uh a, a creepy old man effectively and he didn't mean anything untoward about it it was a, a remarkable thing to get away with but it it kind of shows that and it, and it's 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 a hint about what twitter might become under his rule that you can kind of say anything and get away with it what about his his personal life now yeah uh, a number of different relationships he's there. had he's had many many relationships i mean he has had eight children i say that has had deliberately because one of them died at 10 weeks old uh, but he had five children with a canadian writer called justine wilson he met her shortly after moving to canada he then married after that relationship ended he married an english actress called Tallulah riley they divorced and then they remarried and they divorced a second time. Westworld, St. Trinian's. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, that Tallulah that Riley. Yeah, yeah. That, yes, absolutely. Um, he also, and this is very interesting considering what's happening in the showbiz world at the moment with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. He was dating her for a few months in 2017. Um, he, they, both him and her claim after the fractious breakup with Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp is accusing him of having an affair while he was still married to Amber Heard. So there's a very good chance that Elon Musk will be called to Fairfax County Court in what is a, a must watch um, a court case of 2022, a defamation case. Um, the, the most recent relationship was with a lady called Claire Boucher, better known as Grimes, uh, avant-garde pop star from Canada. Uh, I was staggered when I discovered that they were in a relationship because she seems like the most anti-corporate person in the world. Uh, you, you 
just couldn't uh, put them together. They have two children, uh, a boy named X-A-E-A-X-I-I or X for short and a girl called Exa Dark Sideral who was nicknamed Y and her existence only came to light a few months ago when Grimes mentioned her in an interview. They have split up but she describes him as the love of her life. Interestingly, uh, he was in Ireland several years ago uh, at the Web Summit and Paddy Cosgrave took him to Copperface Jacks and in Paddy's own inimitable style tweeted this week that Elon didn't get the shift there. So I think we're all glad to know that. Well, I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech. <laughs> Twitter has become kind of the de facto town square. Um, so... It's just really important that people have the, both the, the reality and the perception uh, that they are able to speak freely within the bounds of the law. Adrian, he's buying Twitter. Why? Power, probably. Um, also because he likes impossible tasks. So the, the companies that I've mentioned, like SpaceX and Tesla, were all very, very difficult. He has other companies like uh, Neuralink, which is a, a brain interface to help things like Parkinson's. These are all incredibly difficult concepts. But arguably the most difficult of all is to try and get us all to be civil with each other uh, online. And Twitter is probably the worst example of that. He thinks, I think he thinks that he can make a success out of a social media platform. He says he wants more freedom of speech. He says that Twitter has become a little bit too strict, a bit too nannyish, that there are too many accounts being suspended. He's, at the moment, something of a flag bearer for uh, the US Republican right in terms of, you know, uh, the Donald Trumps of this world. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting to see whether uh, Donald Trump's account, in fact, does get reinstated sooner rather than later. For once, this isn't about power and money. Musk is doing it to save free speech. It's not an overstatement to say it could be the single most important development for free speech in the modern history of the United States. But nobody, no financial analysts can make any sense out of this move because he's borrowed $25 billion. He's, 21 billion is his own cash. So it's over 40 billion that he's buying it for. About half of that is his own cash, which he has to sell Tesla stock uh, for, by the way. And the rest is borrowed from banks. Now, Twitter doesn't make money. It, it, it's a midget compared to the other uh, social networks. It doesn't have a good commercial model for the future either to make money. So it's very hard to see how he's going to make a return on that, let alone pay back uh, the banks. So then there's some other reason. So it's either for the power, which he has already with his 80 million followers. I mean, when he tweets something, it can send a stock into orbit. It can set a mob on on someone. I, he may not need that much more power on Twitter or it could just be because he likes fixing really hard things. Do you think staff will stay with the company we obviously have an interest given the the EMEA HQ here in Dublin I do not I think there's going to be a mini exodus from Twitter and I think it could uh, start in Dublin Dublin has 530 people in its European headquarters for Twitter and those people a lot of what they do is uh, an interface with the European Commission with other European governments with the Irish governments in trying to come up with systems to make Twitter a safer, more civilized place, 
some very advanced systems that they've built over recent years, but they're dealing with regulators as well. Now, Europe has just passed the Digital Services Act, which essentially clamps down on things like hate speech and tightens the rules uh, in the environment that uh, Musk says he wants more freedom. So how, if you are a senior executive in Twitter in Dublin and a good chunk of your job is reassuring European officials that Twitter is becoming a safer and a less abrasive place. How do you stay there when the guy who's just bought the company has a mission to, which is something completely different, which is to loosen up the rules? Now, to be fair to Musk, he has said that he will abide by laws of of every country, and that includes the European Union. But how's he going to do that? How's he, are we going to have two Twitters? Are we going to have one where you're allowed to say anything you want in the US uh, and one where you, where you can't uh, in the European Union? The fines here are 6% of global annual revenue. So I, I don't know how he's going to do it. I, but I do think there will be an exodus. In a nutshell, do you trust Elon Musk to make Twitter and, and wider social media a, a safer, less abrasive place? No, I don't. Um, I, I think he could make it a very interesting service. I am forced to trust in his ability to build really interesting and successful products. So I think in five years time, Twitter might be a much more successful commercial uh, uh, service. Um, I think it'll still be around. Do I think there'll be less controversy on it? Um, only if a large number of people actually leave Twitter, uh, which could which could also happen. John, do you trust that Elon Musk, the, the world's richest man, will turn social media for the better? No, I don't. And it, it's a very toxic place at the moment. Uh, it really is. And uh, t- 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 Musk tweeted something fascinating the other day where he talked about the 10 uh, most followed Twitter accounts, people like Katy Perry and Barack Obama, and said they very rarely tweet. Is something wrong? Why are these people not tweeting? And I certainly don't tweet as much as I did. I think a lot of people listening to this don't tweet as much as they did. There's a sense that it's become a, a very angry echo chamber. And uh, I would love, because I think at its best, it can be really brilliant. Twitter can be very special, but I think it needs a very different type of person to change it. Uh, and I don't think he will. And that was John Marr and Adrian Weckler. Today's episode was produced and researched by Gareth Mulhall with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Archive clips from CBS, NBC, Fox, RTE, MSNBC, 60 Minutes and the Joe Rogan podcast. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. Mm-hmm.